Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Catching Up with the Catching Up with the Nerds. God, I almost messed that up. Ah, your weekly podcast on anything and everything nerdy, and we've got a return, the return of Yo. the Mac, return. What? Well, well, a bit. You'll be like Captain Marvel in in Endgame, where you just come in when we need the assist. Yes, Bang, and then fly through. And then prove myself to be worthless and just skip back out. <laughs> no, well, not no, worthless. You just you just get the gloves, you get the stones where they need to be, you know. Yes, yes, getting close. Uh, but it's uh, good to be back in the pod after a little hiatus. Glad to be back. Uh, yes, they're all back. Uh, so as you've heard, we've we are joined by JC again, who is uh, returning full fitness, just a bit like Clay Thompson, you know. Warriors basketball. If you don't know, you don't. Um, we also joined by talking about basketball by Dave, uh, creator, founder, producer of the of the Green and Grime podcast, Green and Grime basketball podcast. Stop reading from my Twitter bio. <laughs> How did you know? How did you know that I did that just before I came on? I'm not gonna lie. I legit did that. <laughs> That's how much. Yeah. <laughs> no inspiration today. I'm just like I just went to everyone's bios and I just went, okay, what are you about? Okay, so I've just, I've just got mine up just in case. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hang just on. <laughs> Somebody says something interesting whilst I'm going on to James's. <laughs> yes, I am the owner, founder, and creator of the Grit and Grime podcast. You can catch us weekly on all podcast platforms talking about the NBA. Plug it, plug it. And also joining us, James from How to Game Differently. Uh, James, I was gonna say, I was gonna read your bio and I was gonna say James is a YouTube channel, but you're not. You're a human being, and you're here. Uh, James does a well, it has a YouTube channel. Do you you don't do podcasts just yet, do you? I, I did too, and then did, yeah? nothing really happened because we we're absolutely dreadful for organizing anything like this. It's all right. <laughs> Takes uh, takes an army to organize these things. Um, uh, but anyway, your special specialty is on YouTube, and you love a little bit of Twitter back and forth, and also a bunch of Instagram posts, which are always cool. I like your your stuff. So James was here last week, and he's back with us. He was on the Spider Man episodes. I also interviewed um, James a while back, and you know, got a lot of interesting do you do stuff. That for? Because I like to talk to other dads about video games and stuff, and nerdy stuff. So we need to find out who does what and how they do it. Anyway, that's enough of an intro. That's uh, and, uh, two, three minutes of our time. That's already gone. Let's move on to what we hear about. What are we hear about again? Oh, I forgot. Oh, yeah. 2022. It's 2022. The best. the best. We're talking about the best. Well, Here's, let's, let's, this is what we're talking about. The best, the, the things we've loved the most in 2021. So we're picking one top ID, which we're going to talk about in depth. Not ID, so one thing we've read, watched, or played um, in 2021. That thing had to be released or made in 2021. I hope you guys had that clear. All right, cool. Um, and it had to bring you joy, happiness, because the last couple of years have been absolutely trash for everyone. Uh, <laughs> no, nah, because of some things that are happening in the world. But we thought we'll do our second episode of the year, uh, you know, give it a, a nice positive vibe and spin. And um, 
so that that's the idea that's the general topic right here and should we go right into it just not waste any more time in introducing anything or anyone or <sighs> i'm not enough talking so somebody else is going to take over who wants to go first shall we shall we shall we get jc to go first because oh. he hasn't spoken in a long time i feel like <laughs> i'm dusting I, the microphone Let's go. I, I am going to be rusty and as david rightly pointed out this may go long so i'm gonna go first <laughs> i've got a timer on it's five minutes yeah. in yeah, yeah, yeah you've got I, time. I will, the floor I will is yours take- I will take hand gestures when I'm supposed to stop. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, my, so this was hard. This was really hard because picking just one thing out of across all media was extremely hard. So I'm glad you let us have mentions as well. well. If we get to them, great. If not, it's, it's good. It's good you said that because I forgot to mention that we will also be dropping a couple mentions of other things we've enjoyed just to get them out, you know, get them out there for people to know. Anyway, carry on. Yep, cool. Uh, all right, so jumping into it, my top one, I've, I've in the pod, I've tended to be like the graphic novel guy. Uh, so it's a graphic novel, it's a comic specifically, uh, that's it. called uh, Bitter Root. Uh, so this is a comic that came out actually originally in 2018, uh, but had a run this year in 2021, so it counts. <laughs> and uh, fine, the, fine, fine. <laughs> The this year's run went from I believe beginning of the year all the way through August and then and then concluded this this run but there's more coming. Uh, the background on this one is actually it's a comic that's uh, launched by Image Comics. So if anybody knows anything about Image Comics, they're pretty cool because they let creators keep the rights to their comics and this is important for this. So we'll come back to that one later. Uh, but this was launched by a guy named uh, or written by a guy named David F. Walker and a guy named Chuck Brown. Uh, David F. Walker is actually a Portland resident. Uh, shout out Portland. Uh, he uh, previously wrote on Luke Cage. Um, uh, he actually did a Shaft comic, and he wrote a lot on Power Men and Iron Fist, which I had not heard of, but sounds awesome, actually. Uh, so it did some Marvel stuff. Uh, Chuck Brown wrote for Black Panther and The Punisher, and it's drawn by a dude named Samford Green that did a lot of the drawing on, on uh, Power Men and Iron Fist and colored by Rico Renzi, uh, who did the coloring for Stumptown. So why is it a big deal for me? Uh, it's a big deal because this is the first comic that made me buy monthly issues. Uh, for anybody that's not in the comic world, the way the comics come out is like you get it, an issue each month that you buy. It's like kind of the flimsy comics you're used to seeing. Uh, but every couple of months, they collect them into a trade paperback, which is basically they collect about five to six issues, put them into one book, and you just buy that book. I generally do that. I'm a trade paperback person. Um, I bought the first two trades for this one, volume one and volume two. Loved it so much, I instantly started buying the monthly one because it was so damn good. Uh, so what is it about? Uh, the setting is 1920s Harlem, New York, actually, specifically, the, they call it the Harlem Renaissance. Uh, it's a time in the States where like uh, a lot of art and culture was coming out of Harlem and people really were allowed to create that culture again. Right. Despite Jim Crow, there was a lot happening in the Northeast. So this is a story about a specific family in Harlem called the Sanger family. And they're basically monster hunters. So this is where it gets into kind of the genre world. Uh, they're a, a, um, a family that basically has been fighting monsters for years and years and years. Um, and the catch, though, is that the monsters they fight, we start to realize, are actually infected people. The infected people have been infected by basically racism. 
So that's kind of the, the premise of the book, where the, the people go from being from having they, they mention as having hatred and fear in their heart to being infected by this ancient evil that then converts them into monsters. So it's it's playing on the idea of like how fear and hatred lead to racism, basically. Uh, so that's kind of the premise of the book. Uh, what's incredibly cool about it is that it's it's about battling monsters but it's also about family dynamics it's about generational trauma it's about like all these super big themes that come up and i'll give you just some examples of how it comes out right so they're like fighting the monsters the visuals are amazing these are some of the most elaborate like full page spreads you'll ever see there's so much going on in each page that that you could actually like flip through the book and have a great time without actually reading any text so having said that they are fighting monsters and the way they do it is that the, the the basically the leader of the family is a grandma which is awesome right so she takes these roots that's what's called bitter root that they call a fifno and the root she processes it into like this serum that basically they shoot the monsters with and that it basically takes away the evil for a time it's not permanent they can be reinfected again right so even that tracks really nicely and so they're basically out not killing people when possible, but actually trying to cure them as much as possible. And, and you basically see all these scenes. Of course, as you can imagine, they have a fight against the KKK. Once again, awesome, like the illustration, everything just come across really nicely. Uh, but where the real, where it got me was when they start to find this other monster that they can't quite recognize. And the problem is, is this other monster that they're fighting is based on black people being infected. And when and they're like, but how can black people be infected with this thing we're fighting? And it's basically they're infected with grief, with the grief of trauma and how that plays out into them also becoming monsters again. And they cannot find a way to cure that particular affliction, right? Because it's like, all right, it's my people. It's like, what do I do with this, right? So throughout that process, they, they, they go into different dimensions to try to find solutions. They go back and forth in time. You get these amazing backstories. And the real kicker is that it also takes this like X-Men like quality where like at the end of the book, they actually give you like a family tree because it's so many members of the family you get introduced to, they need to keep up with. And they'll have different abilities. Some of them want to go out and actually kill all the monsters. Some want to cure them. Some want to just like do other stuff. They create alliances with another another family that is Chinese and has been fighting their own monsters as well. So they do a great job of world building too. So overall, there's like so many different angles to it that I feel can just kind of go on and on and on. Like I, they're on to I think like issue 16 and I can see it's going for a bit longer. Um, the, the cool thing about it is it going forward and other things that really got me as well is that it's actually been picked up by Ryan Coogler's production company. So as, as we all know, in Coogler, we trust, man, Coogler has not delivered a turd so far, <laughs> right? And uh, so he picked it up and get this, Regina King is connected to direct for the movie. So it's nice. gonna happen. And it is, it is honestly, guys, some of the best stuff I've read in a long time, because it's like, it's so of the time, but also fun. It's gorgeous to look at, cannot recommend it enough. Wow. the the drawings looks they look amazing i mean the the the, the style of it looks so it, it, you know it reminds me of it reminds me of the uh, the other series what the actual series you love which was was love lovecraft um that's exactly let's go lovecraft country. Lo lovecraft country yes that, that a lot of people draw a comparison with lovecraft country 
uh, for sure. And, and it's because same, it's, it's taking mythology that has existed and then telling it through the black point of view, but also owning it in a new and in, in different way. It's not just about taking like traditionally white characters and putting in someone black. It's actually telling it through the lens of a community that we don't talk about a lot. 1920s Harlem Renaissance, right? How often do you talk about that? Same time when like the Tulsa massacre happens, that's no coincidence. Mm -hmm. So there's, it's a really interesting point of view. And I love that like three out of the four people in the creative team are black. So it's like, it's got authenticity to it and hopefully it keeps going. It's got more legs. Do, do we know when that's supposed to be coming out as a series? Is that on hold because of? Uh, it's going to be a movie. I'm secretly hoping that they pivot and make it into a series because uh, I think it lends itself more to a series because uh, the stories you can keep just keep telling. And just there's so many characters. I don't know how you could cram them all into one movie. But no, there's no release date yet. They just announced it, I believe, in May of this year. It was mm -hmm. announced that Regina King was, was connected to direct. I was going to say, like looking at it, it looked like it could quite easily be the next um, Umbrella Court, uh, Umbrella, sorry, um, it, Umbrella Academy. Place? Yeah, Umbrella Academy. Yeah, like that is a uh, series. That, that this looks like it could mm. quite easily be it. You know, you yeah. got the kind of like cyberpunk feel. You yes. got the jazz in it and everything. It looks, it does look really cool. Yeah, really, really cool. Oh, like if you guys can find it in the UK, highly recommend it. It's amazing. I'm sure a giant corporation will have. Um, you know, will give us access to those books for a fairly cheap price, delivered the next day, for example. Um, In a convenient drone. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and also oh one thing i forgot to say is like it also has critical acclaim where um i don't know if you guys are familiar with the eisner awards or basically like the oscars of the comic industry uh in 2020 it won the best continuing series at the eisner awards so people have been loving it it's picking up like the the the, the kind of the big moment of movie release and it's got critical acclaim and the great part circling back to what i said earlier is because mm -hmm. these guys were, were were this was published through image David F. Walker, Chuck Brown, um, uh, Sanford Green, they're all going to get paid. And that mm. is huge, right? When the movie comes out, because you hear the stories about like all these all these people at Marvel, they don't get paid for like the big moments when these movies come out because everything's owned by Marvel. So it's kind of a cool story that way, too. There was one very recently with, uh, was it Hawkeye, uh, where they used the... I don't know if you notice the end credits. There's those yeah. drawings throughout. I think even the opening credits it's are from. Of... Yeah. Uh, no, it's the it's no. the end credits. The end credits, yeah. right? Um, yeah. Uh, it's a well, uh, comic run of Hawkeye. Yeah. Actually, and, and the tracksuit mafia too. That's that's from Matt Fraction's run. Also, shout out Portland. Um, he, it, that's his run, and it's a, and it's a single story that's that's sort of out of continuity. And the odds of Fraction getting paid for that are pretty slim. There, there's a pretty cool podcast about it, about Ed, Bre Ed Brubaker going on uh, to, I think it was Fat Man Beyond or something, and talking about how he, he basically created the Winter Soldier, but he's never going to get paid for anything that the Winter Soldier does on the MCU because technically Bucky Barnes existed already, but he wasn't the Winter Soldier. Uh. So... Marvel basically said, sorry, dude, not getting paid because that's not an original character. You didn't actually create the character, even though he basically did 99% of the job. Mm. Those lawyers, those lawyers, they'll get you. Yeah. Oh. Okay, that, that was a, a good first one. I feel sure. happy already. Who yeah. wants to go next? Unless they have any questions on JC's 
first first appearance on the happiness list. <laughs> I, I felt like I kept it tight. That was, no, nice. no, no, that was great. So good. Did it go on for too long? Right. Yeah, no, no, no. Made it interesting as well. I'm going to be looking that up um, to see where we can get it over Same. here for sure. Uh, nice. I was going to say, my, my only question is, because I always like it in comic books, is, is there any comedy or is it quite serious all the time? Uh, that's the thing. It is really dense, but actually, I'm glad you asked. There is one character that's pretty awesome that that's I believe is called Berg, and uh, he's kind of their answer to Beast where he's like the biggest, strongest guy, but is incredibly articulate. And then when you get his backstory, and there's a little spoiler there, he basically got, the the, the family owns like a, a library of like everything they've ever done. And there's just like history of, of the of family and, and so forth. He gets like locked into a room with like a bunch of books and gets left there for like ages. And he comes out with this like incredibly intellectual vocabulary. So every time he talks, no one knows what the hell he's saying because he's just like that advanced in his vocabulary. And it just creates for some cool, funny moments. But yes, it, it does get very deep, very quickly. Um, so it's just a little bit of comedy interspersed, but not as much as I'd like. So that's a good point. Well, that's fair enough. Who would like to go next? Raise your hand. There you go. Um, I feel like Just going with someone. Dave. No, go on, Dave. Yeah. yeah, go on. Uh, thanks. Yeah, I don't mind jumping in. Um, my main uh, that I wanted to highlight this year was Deathloop. Um, <laughs> I think I only played. I think I only played two brand new games this year. Um, as I take time to work through my backlog, uh, like we all do. Um, oh. <clears throat> one of them was the game that I got with my PS5, uh, which was Ratchet and Clank. And then the other one I felt compelled to buy because of um, rave reviews about it. And that was Deathloop. Um, so Deathloop is the most recent game from Arcane Studios, who also made um, Dishonored 1, 2, Death of the Outsider and Prey. And mm -hmm. um, they are owned by Bethesda, who's been bought by uh, uh, Microsoft. So if there's a sequel to this game, it's weirdly going to go from being a Sony exclusive to an Xbox exclusive. And by, and by the way, uh, JC was shouting out to Portland. I'm going to shout out to my hometown because that's where Arcane Studio is from. So, you know, we all get, we all get, Shouts. we all get it. Shouts. Shout out to Leo. <laughs> Next. <laughs> um, and yeah, so this game was on my radar. I think it was on everyone's radar at some point mm -hmm. because as the launch approached, they started to pepper the industry with lots and lots of trailers and all kinds of things to show off the game. But what wasn't clear was exactly what the game was. Mm -hmm. um, they had shown it off at a previous E3 and um, they spoke about how you had to murder certain main bosses, which is par for the course in a lot of games, a lot of action games, a lot of action shooters. But they also said that there was someone um, who would be hunting you. So you're, while you're hunting down these um, these boss characters, you're being hunted by uh, a female character, a woman. And um, it wasn't clear whether that woman could be played by other players. It wasn't clear whether that was an NPC or what exactly the deal was with the game. But the game actually ended up having best marketing from the people that played and reviewed the game so the game comes out and it 
got a 10 from IGN, a 10 from GameSpot and got really high scores from um, a lot of big uh, publisher, publishers and channels and things like that. Um, and so I was compelled to buy the game. Full price. Rarely happens. Bought it full price. Started playing the game and it is just presentation wise it is just magical it's based in the 70s super colorful um the music is amazing um and then you start to get to know some of the characters and like there are some really really good performances um colt van is the main character he's played by jason e kelly um and then that um assassin that is chasing him around trying to kill him is Ju- Juliana Blake played by um, Ozioma Akaga and they have a little back and forth a bit of banter um, every day in the game and the conversations that they have are just brilliant um, the way that they sort of help to piece together the story which is really um, mysterious um, and then when you um, unearth more and more facts about them it becomes even more intriguing um the game works um based on a loop a loop of life and death so you start the day in the morning uh you wake up on the beach you don't know how you got there you don't know why you're there um and you don't know who anyone else is right um and then you play through the day and you get to choose where you go um in the morning um in the around noon in the afternoon and in the evening so you can choose from four different levels um, at each of those times, right? Um, and different things are going on in different places at different times. So you might start a story in one place and then pick it up like two time cycles later on and try and piece together diff- all these different mysteries which branch out and come together in the end. Um, and it's just such a fun game, first and foremost, um, such an interesting story and such a brilliant concept. And when all of those things came together, it was um, it was for sure my choice as the game of the year. Um, I won't spoil any more of it, um, just so that anyone that plays it gets to unfold that mystery. But it's it's got so many interesting things about it. Um, and that is why it's my thing of the year. Is it because they were all dead from the plane crash and they all landed on the same location? But not and really. They, they were not really dead all along. They're just waiting for the other people to also. And there's white polar bears and yeah. a bunker with numbers. And yeah. in the end, none of it really you know, matters. It, it didn't really matter, did it? Yeah. No, none of it really. No. Uh, no. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Ask the important hey. questions always. Yeah. Hey, I, I, I'm a lost defender. <laughs> same, I will same, defend same. loss. I will defend all it day long till I die. Um, <laughs> so my, my main question for those, because obviously it's a first person shooter, how does it play? How does it handle? Because that's also a very important part of those types uh, of games. Yeah. Um, it's fast. Um, it's a little bit raw. It's not. Um, you don't feel like a pro handling a gun uh, and the character isn't a pro at handling a gun. So that's part of the reason. Um, also the 
AI, which a lot of people criticized um, in the beginning, isn't the smartest of AI that you'll find. But I think part of the reason for that is, first of all, they're not like operatives that have been operating in the field for however many years, like you would get in a typical first person shooter. These are just people that are also on the island and most of them are there to party. Yeah, right. Island. Yeah. And um, they, it's an island. Sorry. Spoiled. <laughs> um, and yeah, so they're not, they're not pros either. Right. So um, you can get away with a lot, but also what that does is it lends itself to the sort of sandbox type of um, gameplay that you can get. Yeah. So it, it makes it easier for you to sort of set up um, traps and do smart little things to um, kill characters or or manipulate the environment um, in ways that it's not so punishing when you slip up or mess up. Okay. And because you, if you die, you have to start the day uh, all the way from the beginning again. It's done in a way that you're it's it's quite difficult to ruin ruin a run ruin your day kind of thing, um, and I think it's better that way just because of um, how complicated it is to piece everything together. So is it a bit like a roguelike? So once you die, you reset, but you can potentially keep some abilities and stuff. Yeah, it does have um, it does have some roguelike elements, but I wouldn't call it a full roguelike um you can it, it's like i said it's very difficult to actually lose the stuff that you gain um and although everything does reset again in the morning um it's not i don't know you just don't feel like you're losing so much day after day you can pretty much keep anything and everything um that you find into the next day just by doing enough farming essentially Okay. It's not. It's not like Returnal where you die and parts of your soul dies with it when you restart, because not, it's not so much. I mean, uh, you you can lose stuff, but it, it's it. You would have to try for the most part. It's it's not that. It's not that difficult to hold on to your stuff. So hold on the, for one um, more day. Yeah. So what's the variety like for enemies or weapons? um so what they do is they have certain weapons certain weapon types there's maybe four overarching weapon types like pistols um smgs there's a nail gun um and you have shotguns and what's the other type uh they're like larger um what do you call them uh, like larger machine guns more like assault rifles um and then there's two or three variations within each outside of the nail guns where there's only one then you have about four or five you know there's more than that there's maybe seven or eight specialist weapons um which you can get from various side missions or from bosses and things like that um and then what they have is a perk system so you can equip um like trinkets to your weapon, which uh, I think each weapon can have three, um, and those scale up in uh, complication and effectiveness as you go up. Um, and then you have a loadout which you carry for each part of the day, so you can be okay. like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be stealthy when I do this part of the day. I'm gonna choose my uh, silenced pistol 
and I'm going to equip it with some ranged perks so that I can shoot people in the head from far away. And that's how I'm going to go through this part. And then the next one, you might be more gung-ho, a bit more um, run and gun. So I'm going to grab an SMG and a shotgun and I'm going to go in guns blazing. You can also customize your own character as well in a similar way where you have, um, uh, yeah, little things that you can, you can equip. And then uh, that adds variety to how you want to play as well. Yeah, no, because I was curious, because obviously a lot of these F, you know, first person shooter games, sometimes it's you get a shotgun and that's it. There's nothing you can do with it. It only acts a certain way and stuff. But no, it's cool to hear that there's all this different customization and you have to really think about how to approach a certain day. So I'm guessing like nighttime, you may have to be a bit more stealthy because um, of spotlights and stuff like that. Whilst daytime, you probably want to go, like you say, guns blazing. It, it, is the um, enemy variety just random people or is there like a bit more to it? Uh, it's mostly just random people. Um, right. There aren't, it's not like uh, you have certain types of enemy that are going to flank you or um, sometimes there might be people on the roof. You don't know what guns they're going to have. So they might have right. a sniper rifle, for example, and be on the roof. Uh, there are sniper rifles as well. I didn't mention that. Um but for the most part, it's just random people with random weapons outside of the eight bosses who um, are particular characters in themselves. They own have, have their own backstories. They interact with each other. Um, so reading some of the interactions are some of the more entertaining parts of the game um, and the relationships between them and stuff like that and their relationship with the main characters. Um, and then you have um, Juliana who is the assassin that she's head of security on the island, basically. And she's the one that can pop up at any time in any mission and follow you around. And she can basically have any of the special guns that I mentioned before. So um, she will pop up, you'll get a thing coming across your screen. And at that point, you can't leave the mission without either hacking like an antenna, um, a satellite, to allow all the doors to be unlocked or by killing her or both. Um, and she has access to basically all the good stuff that you have access to. Um, so in the beginning, she's like a massive threat to you because you don't have anything great. You haven't gone through um, the day um, enough to pick up some of the better weapons and stuff. And she's a huge threat to you. But as you start picking up better and better weapons, um, she becomes a little bit more easier to deal with. Um, but she's, yeah, she's basically a mirror image of you later on in the game. Um, so she has access to a bunch of stuff. And she is probably the most um, dynamic enemy you'll come across. Because she'll jump in. She'll turn up with randomized loot as well. Randomized loot and randomized personal abilities. Um, which are the same abilities you can get your hands on. Okay, FPS with a twist. Um, yeah. I'm going to be... 30 pounds out of pocket again, thanks to that, because I was on the fence and now I'm not. Um, any questions from anyone? Or shall we move on to James? Oh, JC, oh, you got one. I've I, I got a question. So as the non-gamer, uh, I'll, I'll, <laughs> and for, for all the audience that is non-gamer, here are the questions that I'm gonna ask. So one, is it hard? Not to me. But I'm also someone that um, I'm plays not hard new, games. So it's not hard to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
I mean, I'm a two times um, champion. So I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, right. It's it's not considered a hard game, no. And um, if you had played or bounced off one of Arcane's games before, it's yeah. purposely been made easier than any of their prior games. Uh, I think ah. their prior games would punish you okay. for not playing stealthily, um, but this game, literally, um, there are there's writing on the walls that tells you to be um, to be more relaxed, be more free in how you play the game. If you want to go in guns blazing, go ahead, just kill them all type of thing. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a lot more lenient than most of your shooters would be. They don't expect you to be a pro. No one in the game is a pro. Okay, cool, 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 cool. That, that's but you awesome. could get overwhelmed if you go in and there's like, try and fight 10 people at once. You'll quickly yeah. die or find yourself in, in trouble. Nice. Uh, just a thing to, to add, I was looking through the, the Wikipedia and I just thought it was really cool that they're saying the main character draws a lot of inspiration from Denzel Washington's character in the Book of Eli. Mm. But at the same time, that the dialogue, they try to make it like very Quentin Tarantino-esque dialogue. So yeah. that's why I'm like, I'm kind of down for this one, dude. Like, it sounds really good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think the Denzel Washington's a bit of a reach because that character was quite deep um but i think his he's on a mission and he is very um steadfast in that mission and trying to stick to that mission um even if he starts from a position of absolute ignorance um he yeah i, I, I guess that's the only link to um denzel's character in in the book of eli but yeah the tarantino um style uh, is definitely you you'll see a lot more of that from the beginning um nice. it's really fun it's really fun the, the dialogue is absolutely awesome yeah and soundtrack more like rock hip-hop amb ambient or like what's the soundtrack like uh it varies um there is a little bit of like soft rock pop kind of stuff um but like i said it's all 70s influence so even like oh. something that you would really appreciate jc on that front is the decor when you go to inside areas um and look at just the decor and how um how so 70s it is like it's yeah. very uh even the the way that they're dressed as well um yeah it's kind of like cyber related um and 70s and um yeah the, all the colors everywhere the disco influences and stuff like that yeah. um it's really it's it's a really really well presented game yeah, no, I was looking through images. It looks super great. Like the colors, just the way they mm. use them. And, and once again, Wikipedia mentions that they took a lot of inspiration from The Man from Uncle, the movie, mm. the, the new Guy Ritchie version. Yeah. And, and that's a great looking movie, like style wise, um, yeah. plot aside. Um, so <laughs> cool. Nice, dude. <laughs> you also have a PS5, Jason. Get it. Um, all right, cool. Let's move on. Move on to The Man in Yellow. Well, not me, yes. that's me. Uh, the men surrounded <laughs> in yellow. <laughs> With a yellow background. James, take it away. Um, okay, so my main pick is Shang-Chi. The legend of Ooh, the controversial. Controversial for me. Go on. Controversial. No, it's a yes, positive podcast. It's a positive episode. <laughs> say, don't fall asleep whilst I talk about it like you did with the film. Twice. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> There's more about Tom than the film. Wait, what? So I fell asleep. I fell, okay, so it came... It, picture this. We all sat on the sofa. It was on Disney+. Plus. Okay, Shang-Chi, let's go. 
fell asleep halfway through, woke up for the last beat. Obviously, at that point, I didn't understand what the hell was going on. Okay. I went, okay, fine. Let's forget about it. I'll watch it again by myself. Watched it again last week, a couple of weeks ago. Fell asleep at the exact same point. Woke up at the exact same point. And I had to... <laughs> so which one I went, okay, what is wrong with this movie or what's wrong with me? Which one do I pick? So obviously I pointed fingers at the movie, not myself. I went back and watched it. I went, oh, that makes sense. That's all right. Cool. Yes. <laughs> anyway, not the point. Positive. All good vibes. Let's go. <laughs> okay. Well, so, so, so a bit of backstory for this one for mm-hmm. me. So when, when the first trailer came out for this and when it was announced, I had no interest for this film whatsoever. I didn't know anything about Shang-Chi as a character. And I saw the trailers and I thought the trailers just looked crap utterly crap all the way up to the point of when the film was released so i didn't even bother with it then one night it was on disney plus and i was like oh sure i'll throw it on so i was instantly ready to be disappointed for this film the best way to get in there it is uh, (laughs) to to be fair for this it was because i i I honestly think this is a nine out of ten film this is outstanding for what it's done um so just as a general plot basis, this kind of connects quite strongly to the Iron Man films regarding the Ten Rings, because the Ten well the Ten Rings kidnap Iron Man and create Iron Man in a way, but they weren't the real Ten Rings. They're all working underneath the Mandarin, who again wasn't the real Mandarin. So this is leading to the real Mandarin, even though he doesn't actually call himself the Mandarin. Um, I, I, I really butcher some pronunciation, so I, I hope I don't offend anyone. Um, is it, is it Xi, Xi Is that how you say his name? Xu is his kind of like full first name. Anyway, Shang-Chi's dad. So yeah. <laughs> we call him that. Shang-Chi's dad. dad. Just call him the Mandarin. He, That's he, for like thousands of years ago, he finds these 10 rings. And these 10 rings are completely different to how the comics um, beside them. So they give him these awesome powers. He is a war dog. He creates a whole army. He takes over. And it gives him some kind of immortality as well. So he... He looks as handsome as he did when he was back then to the he does now. He's taking over Asia and he comes across magical forest and he finds a woman that he falls in love with instantly because she's pretty much his like equal in combat. So she ends up being Shang-Chi's mother. And Shang and they have two kids. There's Shang Chi. There's um, Shang Chi's sister because I'm not going to pronounce her name because I can't. <laughs> but um, yeah, so they, they have a family, and then it just goes straight into Shang Chi being a bit of a deadbeat. He's got a really crappy job. Um, he's got his best friend Katie, who he's grown up with, and yeah. they've got this fantastic friendship. <sighs> And one of the things I was just point out is it's great that they throw a little bit like they have some kind of crush, but not there's not like a full romance. It's just that they're really good friends. Yeah. And I think that's such a good thing that there's no romance or anything. It's just mm-hmm. two friends having a great time. Mm-hmm. Then <laughs> later on, Shang-Chi's yeah. history kind of creeps up on him. 
and uh, you were introduced to some wacky characters like uh, is it Razor Claw, his name? Mm. Yeah, Razor Fist. Razor, Razor Fist. Fist. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> who has no fist, who actually car. has like a blade. <laughs> but um, yeah, so he comes in, he ruins his day, and it reveals that Shang-Chi's got these awesome Kung Fu moves. And then he has to find his sister to find some um, connecting to a it was a necklace. Yeah. And basically to try and hide from the father because they know how evil the father is. Later on, father finds them, brings them home. They reveal the location of this magical forest, which takes them to an alternative universe where dragons are real. And that was an instant hit to me because I fucking love dragons. <laughs> I love dragons. <laughs> Give me dragons. dragons. <laughs> so there's dragons. There's monsters like, that look like Pokemon. So I, I, I thought of you. I, I thought of you when that happened. I went, wait, what is going on? No, I, I was just like Detective Pikachu. Was it something like that? It was better, much, much yeah. better. I was saying to my dad, like, like this, this is what Pokemon should be. But anyway, um, <laughs> and. Then, yeah, there's this whole philosophy of this like demon that can steal souls and it's been locked away and dad's been brainwashed to think that the wife is hidden in there because the wife died um, earlier on. They break the demon out and there's this massive fight and, and just awesome, just awesome. And oh, we forgot to uh, say spoilers if you haven't seen the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> it's all right. You, you've got uh, it's all right. It's been a while since it's all right. Yeah. And and, uh, and also Ben Kingsley playing Trevor was Trevor. just a highlight. Uh, th th this is um, the Mandarin from um, Iron Man 2, but this is when he really gets out there and he's, is proper himself. And he's one of the best characters. And even um, Shim... Shim Lee, who uh, plays Shang Li, he he's just fantastic. Right? An actor that's come out of nowhere, and he just nailed that character. And he is Shang Chi. Like, if I can't if think of anyone back, else, if you go back to Trevor, it's got that one scene that made me laugh out loud when he's talking about why he became an actor. It's <laughs> yes. like I saw those monkeys riding, riding those horses, and wow, <laughs> it's Planet of the Apes, wasn't it? Yeah. Planet of the yeah. Apes is like. If they could get those monkeys to be such good actors, <laughs> I would like to be an, an actor, actor too. too. <laughs> Which was funny. Anyway, sorry. That was fine. Um, but yeah, no, just the, the film as a whole, it had such good pacing. It took you to so many different locations. And part of the problem with a lot of the Marvel films is they take you to so many locations. And at, at least for me, a lot of times I feel like, why are they here? There's no real explanation. And it goes on a little bit too long. While this film, it takes you to probably about 10 different locations and there's an explanation about exactly why they're there and you instantly know, yeah, okay, that makes sense why they're there as well. And the other cool thing is that it's not really connected to any other Marvel films so much. Um, obviously, a little bit of Iron Man, but, you know, it, it could have easily been a standalone film. And for the fact that mm -hmm. probably what 95 percent of the cast is asian as well which is a massive thing for american film as well so mm. yeah no, just fantastic honestly it's uh 
really jumped up there to probably be my second second favorite Marvel film ever. What what's your first? Uh, Captain America, the first film. I oh, think I, that's just oh. I I think that's such a great story as a whole. Yeah. Again, it doesn't have to be a Marvel film, just so I can generally great story. You're wrong. <laughs> You're wrong. <laughs> and here's why. <laughs> um, now, there's one thing I've noticed, though, in the last couple of Marvel movies, it's, it's not, nothing to do with Shang-Chi as a character or anything, is that what the hell is with those scaffoldings in every single, like, building? Like, so if you watch that, that nice fight scene in, fight. in Shang-Chi, like, yeah. then where are they? Are they in Hong Kong or they in Macau? I can't remember where they are. It's like this, oh, when, the dad, when, they, when they fight these guys, yeah, yeah, and the dad yeah, yeah. comes, mm-hmm. um, gets them. I can't I think it's isn't it like Singapore or Indonesia or, or Singapore? I can't remember. I think I, it's in Macau. I, I, I thought it's Las Vegas or somewhere like like it was like it's like oh. a really wacky place. Like I can't actually remember what they call it. So that's when they, they that's when they they, they they brought in to fight against the bunch of other guys, right? And so yeah. they're in that building, and anyway, there's yeah. that big scene where they fight on scaffoldings, and mm. why? Like you've got this massive cities with all the lights and everything. It's Macau. beautiful, and uh, in terms in that Macau. But it, Macau, yeah. So, in, but in terms of 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 um, choreography, that looks nice, right? They, they jump from one bit to another and stuff. But they do that also in the in the new Spider-Man movie where they go to the uh, the, the Statue of Liberty and it's full of scaffolders. I'm like, what the hell is this? Like, why are you trying to? <laughs> it, it's all right. Just say it's for the choreograph of the fighting because you can do so yeah. much because you can hang from yeah. it, spin around with it. You know, you yeah. can fall and catch on and. All those types of things. Things can break without can much, break. Um, without much, um, like fallout from it. If you will, yeah, structurally, to, yeah. To, yeah, safety for the one for the ones below. Exactly. Um, the second one, and I thought about JC on that one. It was the last, the last scene, the big fight with the dragons and shit. Uh, why is it all grey? <laughs> why is everything so gray like it's china it's beautiful they're in the pokemon city there everything was yeah, colorful it's a big green it, 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 it's gray because it's the end of the world to them because there's this oh it can be colorful the end over. of the world doesn't have to be that no, nasty you, you come into this beautiful place because it is all yeah. color isn't it mm-hmm. you know you've got all these flowers trees all these magical creatures and obviously the big dooming evil is coming so you know you got the gray you got the clouds so that symbolizes the end yeah yeah sure fair enough yeah. uh just a quick one uh, back to the scaffolding uh if you <laughs> notice this movie has a lot of homages uh i actually think that that's because of jackie chan movies yes a lot of jackie yeah. chan movies have that scaffolding thing and then it's like it's just it, it, it's nice and playful and lets him show off what he does mm-hmm. so i think it's more of a little homage because there's other homages to other movies in, in that one for sure that's true. That's true. I, I did think about it when I was like, it reminded me of those 70s, 80s Hong Kong movies where exactly. Jackie Chan, I was going to say JC, but yeah, swinging yeah. On, on scaffolds. And, I'll and take that fair, any Shang- day, buddy. Yeah. And to be fair, the guy who plays Shang-Chi's dad, he, he does give himself an English name, Tony, so that helps. Uh, <laughs> cool. He, he did a lot of like martial arts films and all that type of stuff as well, mm-hmm. and a lot of drama, and he really brought that to his character as well. Like, he was fantastic. Like a, a lot of times, you wonder why someone's a villain, and he's just so good at being a villain, and you just know exactly what brings it up. Isn't the guy who played the dad, the actor, uh, wasn't he in a bunch of Jackie Chan movies as well? I think he was like an extra. He was in a bunch of scenes with Jackie Chan. I think I read something along those lines, but 
That's to be confirmed. Uh, Victor, possibly. Shit. Yeah, While possibly. we're on the subject, um, yeah. as someone that does kung fu and likes uh, martial arts movies, it was so good, so good to finally have good martial arts in the MCU. Yeah. Yes. So refreshing. Um, that scaffolding scene was excellent. Um, Shang-Chi isn't the best fighter of the people fighting. I think that probably goes to that main henchman that he had to, yeah, the guy with the mask. to fight off. Yeah, yeah. Um, yep, yep. that dude was pretty damn awesome. Um, but yeah, we, we've seen the best martial arts in a, um, and because of that, the best combat, I think, in a, um, in a Marvel movie in Shang-Chi. Um, and that was, that was really freaking refreshing after the crap show that was the Iron Fist. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They, 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 they seem to have taken a lot of the tropes from Iron Fist and pour it into this film as well. Um, or, or even just uh, the Shang-Chi character, because like Shang-Chi, from my understanding from the comics, didn't really have many powers. He's just really good at martial arts. Yeah. But now he's got the, these 10 rings mm. that's like overcharged him with mm. some severe power. Mm. Um, what, one thing I do want to just make a note is that, my God, was it funny? So <laughs> many scenes were just so yeah, hilarious. Funny. Like the karaoke scenes are just great. Uh, and uh, yeah, just everything. Everything just works yeah. so well. Yeah. And, and I think they knew they were going to go that route by casting, um, her name escapes me, his best friend. Uh, Aquafina. 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 Yeah. 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 That's what she does. Um, yes. Yeah. No, it, uh, uh, go on. Also, just my mind's a quick one. It just have the it's got the the, the weirdest posts and credit scene though with Miss uh, Captain Marvel just going, yeah, I don't know what this is. Okay, bye. I'm like, what? <laughs> Why are you here? <laughs> don't come back. Like, just leave the Hulk to all the talking. But like, don't bring that bad energy around here, Captain Marvel. Weird one. Weird one. But- Speaking of bad energy. Uh, Tom, <laughs> what? <laughs> what? No, no, I, no. I, I have to follow up on something about. Uh, I'm glad you brought up Aquafina because I think that's kind of the buried lead here. Uh, she is amazing in this movie, Aquafina. Like it's so refreshing, and, and I think Dave, you and I have talked about a few times about like the buddy comedy that never played mm-hmm. out with Falcon yeah. Winter Soldier, and like yeah. the fact that they weren't romantically connected in this mm-hmm. movie actually makes it a buddy comedy in a lot of ways. Yeah. And, yeah. and 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 Shang-Chi is a straight man and Aquafina is the reaction person. She, she yeah. reacts to everything and does it in just the best way that yeah. makes it so fun to watch. Uh, yeah. So no, that that I thought was a super highlight. Uh, seeing Michelle Yeoh come back and, and do mm-hmm. that role again that she did in like Crouch and Tiger, Hidden Dragon with those fight scenes, that mm-hmm. was such a highlight for me. The choreography behind the fights, uh, I thought was just spectacular because so, like almost no CGI. And it was that like hanging sort of like, like fluidly in the air sort Isn't of thing. the dragons? That, that, that the real? Under. Yeah, the real no, dragons. No. Did you not know? The real dragons. Oh, totally, Fuck. totally. Yeah, yeah that, that <laughs> demon person actually exists. Like, yeah. That's a real person. <laughs> it was actually an extra in Godzilla and a few other monsters. <laughs> was he an extra? Was he in there? This is yeah. his big break. It's like, <laughs> he's getting that Marvel money now. <laughs> He's going to it's take like, out a few. Screw you, Godzilla. I'm on Marvel pay. <laughs> oh, you should see him. He, he took out some of his own scales and put them in like gold scales now. He's mm. like, he's all blinged out. Uh, but uh, also, another thing is this was shot by Bill Pope. Uh, Bill Pope shot The Matrix. Uh, so also, yeah. it's a very good looking movie. Yeah. 
And I will say up until they get to the CGI. So you're right, Tom. That that CGI um, scene. No, the CGI me. is brilliant because <laughs> it looks like Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's that a I good agree. Pokemon film. It's, it's good Pokemon film. If you take that and just make it a Pokemon <laughs> short film, it works perfectly. <laughs> um, and on that front, in terms of the presentation, uh, one part that I did really like—it's um, not all real—but um, when they're fighting, when he meets his future wife, and they're um, fighting just outside that um, that area, mm-hmm. uh, it ran- reminded me a lot. Of and when um, Shang Chi goes in and trains with um, his auntie as well, it reminded me a lot of um, House of Flying Daggers. I don't know if yes. you guys have seen yes. that. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, another visually stunning um, martial arts film that I would recommend. Um, and that it gave me those vibes just with yeah. the way that they use the wind and um, yeah, I was gonna say like the, the wind and, and the, the elements and everything. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Yep, 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 for sure. <laughs> uh, no, just great one. And and the other thing is uh, that we talk about is. I personally think the bus fight scene, that's top 10, 15 Marvel scenes that I like. It's like, I, that's so rewatchable. Like, yeah. I absolutely love that scene. Yeah, funny as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yep. Yep. And Is set it in a real place. Was it a little bit of a, of a, a, a Dragon Ball vibe when he goes and pulls those rings out of the monster's chest? It almost feels like he's about to do a, a fireball. It was just but me, that, that is part of the inspiration because they again like they, they want to power and, and hype him up and all that type of stuff. So I think you can see him being very Goku in the, in the future. It's kind of the way they're kind of doing it. Yeah. Yes, please. All right, let's let's move on from Shang Chi because it's uh, well almost end, the end of it. So I'll move on to myself. Yes. The other man in yellow. Look at that lovely jumper. I've got that. Shout out to Nike for providing me with the freshest gear. It's a llama. Anyway, um, <laughs> let's go, let's go back sponsored. to video games. No sponsored. Uh, yeah, Nike. I mean, if we knew anyone that worked in Nike, Nike I know. Sponsor us. That'd be awesome. That'd yep. be awesome. Throw um, some Nike money at it. There you go. Uh, yes. Anyway, um, we're, we're staying in the Marvel universe and we're combining the last two um, best of the year, which is video games and marvel movies my pick is marvel's guardians of the galaxy on ps5 mm. um and again i'm combining what james and dave have said which is yes sorry to stop you it's not my podcast no no spoilers please i will play this i'm this not spoiling at some point <laughs> it's a spoilers free um look at the game okay so same than James. When I first saw the first images, the trailer, the reveal, gameplay, all that stuff on YouTube, I went, nah, don't like it. Don't want to do, I don't want to do anything. I, I don't want to look at it. I don't want to see it. I'm not interested. It looks ass. But thanks to Black Friday, I said, I'm going to go and get it because it's cheap and it looks beautiful. And I'm glad I did because even though it came out, it got released, I think, towards the end of October 2021. Quite late, um, close to Christmas, you know, it's where you want to make your cash. Makes sense. Um, it still gave me a lot of hours of, of straight up fun and amusement. So, what is it? Well, you know what it is. It's um, basically what the second movie of the Gardens of the Galaxy 2 should have been in terms of storyline. Uh, a lot of people are saying it, it's that good in sort of in terms of t- storytelling and they're right 
they actually very right. Um, so what is it? It's a this is going to shock a lot of kids that are listening to this. It's a single player game. There's no multiplayer. There's none of that business. <laughs> well, yeah, I know, James. It's <laughs> so if you remember, I can't the, stand the Marvel... for this. Okay. <laughs> 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 um, um, if you remember the other game that came out, I think it was was it two years ago, the Avengers, uh, the Square yeah. Enix Avengers, uh, which was a game as as a, it was a game as service. Uh, there was a lot of microtransactions. There's a lot of stuff going on, funny business in there that got players riled up and people are complaining about what are you doing? You could have done a single player thing. You could also do a multiplayer with it. That's, that'd be fine. Um, so this is a linear single player game, which is great because usually those ones um, work well, like PlayStation and Sony in particular, they've done this uh, time and times again when they've released a bunch of play- games like that, like God of War, uh, Uncharted is something oh, like in the same vein, so and they, they're all absolute bangers of movie, of games. Um, so in this one, in the Guardians Part Two, I'm going to call it, but it's the Guardian video games. Um, you play as Peter Quill, as Star Lord, uh, and you try to pay off your debts, and in the same time, maybe save the universe. You'll, that's what that's all I'm saying. I'm not going to spoil it for for Dave. So you know, that's where you go. Um, so now the interesting part of this is that you play as Star-Lord only. So even though you're part of the event of the, the Avengers of the Guardians, you only control, ever control um, Peter Quill. So you go into a bunch of different worlds, you follow the story, which again, no spoilers. Uh, and you've got to recover some money. No spoilers. Um, so the funny thing with this is that the combat is also very different. So you're Again, you're controlling Peter Quill, you're in fight scenes, nothing new there, you're fighting a bunch of monsters, and then you have to give orders to the other Guardians to attack a monster, a specific monster. It's got this RPG element of this, or Japanese RPG elements where you go like, you go and do this. So obviously every single Guardian's got a different ability. So Groot obviously will go and dip his roots through the ground and just grab an enemy and you know grab onto it whilst you can go and shoot it. Drax will go and be the powerful guy that will just go in there and just beat up enemies. Um, Gamora will be the fast one, climbing up walls and just slicing people. Uh, who else? I'm pretty, oh, um, what's his Rocket. face? Rocket uh, will be obviously the uh, one that's going to go around and upgrade your weapons and do a lot of jokes. Um, so that's that. There's a lot of personality whilst you're playing. It's not you know, a, a, a revolutionary game, but because it's got that going for it in terms of whilst you're fighting there's a bunch of nonsense going on with the dialogues mainly um this makes it fun um the script like i said is absolutely (laughs) amazing like it should have been guardians too i'm not saying Mm. uh and even though it's funny it does go into the backstory of star lord well peter quill uh, you see him as a 13 year old with his mom living with his mom and there's a lot of Again, funny things happening, but then you see another side of his mother. Because I think in the movie, like you don't really, they don't really deep dive into her story. Like you see, mm-hmm. so it's the second one, right? Where they you see the dad and you see her like just driving around, and that's she just disappears. And in the first one, obviously, she passes away um, pretty much within the first five minutes. Uh, what else do I want to say? Game mechanics. I've talked about that. Um, yeah, it's got amazing graphics. It's got great music. 
and the music comes into play, then when you, um, again, you're on the fighting field, you're fighting a bunch of enemies, you tell the other guys what you, what you want them to do, and then suddenly you might be in a difficult position where Drax will get his ass kicked. You would get shot a lot by enemies. You can do what's called a huddle, where suddenly you press R3 or whatever, they all come around you. So you see them looking at you and you've got um, a little text box that pops up and you can do a little pep talk and say, we're going to crush their, you know, we're going to crush enemies or let's try to be smart, something like that. So you pick one of the two. Starlord would go into a little speech and then what has happened is that your team becomes insanely powerful. They all have like this um, new attacks and new things and you, you turn the tide around. But this is where the music comes in. They've got a whole bunch of songs, famous songs from the 80s. And suddenly you start playing, you know, listening to Europe or Blondie or Motley Crue whilst you're just kicking ass. And that's just, it's so cool. <laughs> like Bonnie Tyler. Yes. <laughs> you know, um, Take On Me. You know, that's the sort of music you listen to. Billy Idol, Starship, you know, all these kind of guys. Wham. I think I, play, I played yesterday and I was like, suddenly this wake me up before you go-go. And it's, I'm just blasting out guys. And I'm going to be like, what the hell am I playing? <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, so that's that. I'm going to try and keep it as short as possible. Um, so it's only 20 hours long, which is great because it doesn't take 10 hours, 100 hours to finish. There's no multiplayer, which is great. You know, you just want to play old school on your console by yourself, no friends, <laughs> hashtag lonely. Um, no microtransaction, no gamer services. It's quite the opposite in terms of what you should, what well, the experience you had on the Avengers. This is the opposite. This is what it should have been. Um, and I think that's it. I'm, I'm done. I'm done. This is the best game for me, 2021. This is the funniest one and the one that made me forget about life, which is what a game is supposed to be, right? Like a movie, it's supposed to forget about anything else. Take you somewhere. You know. Any questions? I'll open the floor. <laughs> Comments. Uh, I just wanted to point out that it was made by Idos Montreal, um, yeah. who made uh, the last couple of Deus Ex games. Um, and they're a really good studio um, who actually also did a little bit of work to help um, Crystal Dynamics on the Avengers game. Um, but obviously went in a completely different direction. And, like JC. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just happy for them because um, there was, a, they, I think with their last game, they rubbed fans the wrong way in a similar way to Avengers uh, yeah. with microtransactions and all of this like marketing and non-gaming related stuff that was going to be part of the, the their last Deus Ex game. Um, and because of that, it kind of, tarnish their reputation a little bit um a lot of it was stuff that was forced on them by the publishers so i'm glad that they got the chance to just make a game make the game they wanted to make make it the way they wanted to make it and um just sort of clear their reputation a little bit because they're really talented and they make really good games yeah they do they do um yeah and, and the avengers game kind of i don't know i, I was very disappointed in square enix uh, with what they've done um and I'm quite glad they didn't get to do <laughs> that one. It was given to somebody else, another studio. So again, great one. It's, it, I think it's going, I think it's on sales right wow. now. So you can go and pick it up at some point. It's um, fairly inexpensive. For well, the, a lot of um, awards as well, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, it did. Uh, I think it's nominations for the game awards and stuff. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I haven't played it, but I watched a lot of the clips. Um, so I, I know somewhat of the story, but I, the, the things I had seen from it, it sounds, it looks like they combined a good like um, solo story game, but they've put a lot of the telltale aspects into it where there's a lot of dialogue options and yes. there's apparently quite a big scene where you can either choose to sneak around Yes, and avoid a fight completely, or just go guns blazing and just having loads of different options. In so it as well. because because it's linear, you'll still end up in the same place you're meant to mm. be going. But what you pick as an option during those those little chats in between action can change the the gameplay itself. So yeah, like the, this, I know which one you're saying. It's like the one where you can go as a stealth mode and you can just literally shoot no one, and or you can go in there and just turn it turn it into a massive brawl. Basically, so it's quite it's quite interesting that way. Uh, voice acting, because uh, to me that's a that's a big one for Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Just like those voice actors just brought so much to those characters. Like, how's the voice yeah. acting in this? It's it's really good. It's it's very well done. It's it's voice acting plus script, so both are great, and the timing and everything is also really well um, well done. It took me about I'll say 15, 20 minutes of actual gameplay before I accepted the guy being Peter Quill. Uh, as not being um, what's his face again, um, the actor Pratt. Chris Pratt. Like it was because I associate now both you know, Chris Pratt and obviously like most people do. And like for me, it took me a little bit, not too long, but then that's how good the the voice acting is because like, the guy literally just makes you forget about Chris Pratt. Um, so it's it's all done. I think Gamora as well is too good, and Drax obviously because you're used to um, Batista's performance as Drax also he sounds fairly similar to him so it's not as much of a, a gap as what you would expect so it's, it's kind of similar all the actors sound the same pretty much except for Chris Pratt who's not there um, it's got this very specific um, voice to him so no it's, it's good because it, obviously again script is good so the voice acting is yeah. going with it oh, in particular Groot right because they pay Vin Diesel the big money for that role <laughs> I know <laughs> <laughs> can, can I literally got anyone to do that? But no. Literally, trained monkey dude could have done that. Trained monkey, yeah, I know, right? Hey, they could have got the rock, but hey, um, <laughs> better. Right, so um, if there's nothing else, shall we just quickly go go through our mentions? I don't need to elaborate anything else. You just just drop some names in there. Um, let, let's go around the same way we went. So JC, um, what what else you got? Fairly quickly. Uh, <laughs> yes, thank you. Caveats. Okay, so um, uh, for me, the, the the other one I wanted to talk about was Modoc, the show mm-hmm. on Hulu. Uh, so it, it's one of those shows that came out of the blue, and I had such little expectations. Just really small background on it. Modoc was supposed to be part of a group of shows that Hulu is going to launch called The Offenders, which mm-hmm. is meant to be Howard the Duck, Tigra, Hitmonkey, uh, and and uh, Modoc and somebody else. And they all got canned when Marvel Studios uh, TV was basically closed down. And they said, well, it's going to be all part of the MCU now. And the only ones that survived were MODOK and Hitmonkey. Hitmonkey, I'm lukewarm on. Uh, MODOK, so much love for. Uh, MODOK is fun. 
it is so funny, heartwarming, like the animation's awesome. It was, it was the same animation studio that did Robot Chicken. So it's got Pat and Oswald having a great time playing Modoc. Yeah. And Modoc's got a Mexican-American wife. Done. I'm there. <laughs> Sold. You've done it. Sold. <laughs> um, you got one more minute to plug in your other mention if you want to. Yes. And then the other one is um, if for anybody that liked What If, uh, the Marvel shows, there's a show on Apple TV called For All Mankind. And uh, it's basically, it's the biggest what if scenario of what if a Russian cosmonaut would have landed on the moon before the Americans and the Americans never saw it coming. And, and basically it's about the societal impact of that in the mm -hmm. US because the, 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 the moon race was such a big moment for the Americans to push forward technology and just like gain confidence and stuff. And what does what that does to the national psyche? Super interesting show. Cannot say for mankind, about it. For mankind is, is one of the best thing I've watched last year. It's just yeah. really, really good. Very good. I also, flew under the radar totally, which I was yeah. so surprised at. Yeah, like most Apple TV shows do. Because I don't think that many people like have access to that. Funny enough. Yeah. Um, but you know, definitely great. Um, yep. Who do we go with next, Dave? It was me. Um, yeah. So what were my honorable mentions? I had Invincible. Yes. 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 Please. Yeah. Invincibles is the kids cartoon. Um, Invincible. <laughs> um, amazing uh tv show based on the graphic novel which i also have a copy of actually after i watched it um oh, it was bought nice. for me for my birthday nice. thank you um so i'll be tackling that at some point this year but um yeah i mean if you've seen it you already know <laughs> it's yeah. incredible um so good goes in a direction that you don't normally expect from this kind of content um very dramatic uh, very emotional um and still manages to be funny still manages to um, keep you on your toes and going under in unexpected directions um still has some excellent um fight scenes that you would hope to have in a superhero comic um but yeah if you haven't seen it uh it's amazon prime um and it's just yeah an excellent uh piece of media Mm, two seasons <laughs> two seasons on amazon prime oh and what, watch the last episode is just absolutely bananas episode of season two oh just thinking about it you don't remember you take the tube is this only one season yeah i feel like two seasons yeah i think they've it's it's only one season but i think yeah. they announced season two. Oh, oh they announced yeah. two yeah yeah, yeah. is the only one season really yeah, yeah. but that subway scene is legit one of the most disturbing things that i've ever seen in animation yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Brutal. It's, it, it was messed up yeah there's a lot um and very graphic so yeah. although it's a cartoon based yeah. medium, it's... it's not really mm -hmm. for kids at all um lots of swearing as well um and then the other one was loki um i think i kind yeah. of blacked out and didn't even realize that all of the marvel tv shows were this year um <laughs> Same. All of them? Yeah, all of them. Um, so I chose Loki. Um, I could have easily chosen What If just because that is a great concept and I love stuff like that. Um, yeah. But I think Loki was my favorite. Um, it's had and is going to have huge implications for the MCU. Yeah. And yes. for them to put that in a TV show shows how much that Marvel is invested in their TV content. It's just as must watch as the as the movie content at this point so um absolutely 
Yeah, what I liked about Loki in particular was a lot of the dialogue. Um, the dialogue and the banner between characters, um, I think, was the best of any Marvel content this year. Um, and yeah, ends with an, an excellent finale and character reveal um, that we didn't really see coming in the slightest. No. Um, we Mephisto, knew, right? Yeah, well, mm. cat's out of the bag now. Mephisto. He's in there. Oh, how is it not? I thought it was him all the time. But yeah, yeah, another great show. Yep. More, more kid Loki, more alligator Loki, and more yes. with nail uh, Loki, please. <laughs> all like, of the Lokis. All the Loki variants. I just want shows of each of those. They're amazing. Yeah. All right, uh, James, what you got? <laughs> um, so a bit of a random. Uh, game shadow verse champions battle now game devs if you're out there make demos for your game because if there wasn't a demo for this game i would never have picked it up um now th this game brought me back to being a, a young teenager um i grew up playing the Yu-Gi-Oh games and i always mm. like card games and all this type of stuff and they just became rubbish over the years and this is like rekindled it massively. Um, for those that don't know, Shadowverse is a mobile game, very similar to Hearthstone. It wasn't really that popular. Um, they then made an anime somehow out of it. <laughs> and uh, then they made the game for the anime. And it's absolutely amazing. Fantastic game. Um, if you're going into the Switch, just download the demo, give it a try. You got about a good four or five hours just on the demo playing that so you know yeah. worth it on that um but yeah really really great card game really easy to pick up and uh yeah if you like Yu-Gi-Oh, if you like hearthstone all that type of stuff you'll love this really really great game and my other one is the new uh, beast wars transformers comic book that came out or comic book series that came out last year because it was the 25th anniversary um last year and they shockingly there just hasn't been really any beast wars comic books throughout all the time it's been around you know they had the series they had um beast machines which was dreadful in my opinion <laughs> <laughs> um, yep. and then yeah th this comic book is absolutely fantastic great writing great illustration for a good man called josh who i actually speak to a little bit on twitter he's a really cool guy um but it basically it's a it it, conti it carries on the it is the story of the first part of the series, but slightly different with new characters, and they're bringing in characters that are toys that never were in the series, as well. So it gives like a bit of justice for some figures and stuff like that, which is really cool, and again, really funny, really well good dialogue, and yeah, really worth doing. It's uh, about 11, 11, 12 issues so far. But yeah, f fantastic uh, comic book series. Definitely one to uh, pick up. Nice. All right. Uh, and <clears throat> my turn to wrap it up. Uh, all right. So um, first one, I went and I, I actually had to double check a couple of things before I did it to the list. But yes, Justice League's The Snyder Cut. Because, controversial. Controversial. <laughs> because it fixed a lot of the what's the word i want to use for the josh whedon cut the uh, shit 
the pile of crap, <laughs> the pile of hot excrement that was the Whedon cut. Um, and the fact that it went on for what is it a four hours thing? It was like, coming about on this yeah. three minutes, three forty-five, yeah. whatever. Yeah. And I was like, this is too long. But then I watched it. And I went, this is not long enough. I want more. I would give me like, give me more four by three black and white. No superhero stuff, but on the point, it was black and white. So, um, I was like, I want more, I want more of that. You know, I want like a six hours freaking Batman Superman extended version. I want more. So, I'm glad we, they finally got it out. I'm glad we got to see it. And, um, I kind of want more of like director's cuts, you know, things that, that got messed up, reworked. Um, and then the second one, which is a, a, a couple parts. Um, one which is really grim that got, got released on Netflix, which was Midnight Mass. If you've not watched that, it's like you gotta be mentally fit for it. Like it because I've heard yep. it's dark. Uh it's yeah. like a lot of dark topics and a lot of um great interaction between characters and then ending that you'll be like, huh? What? And also you'll make you yeah, you gotta you gotta be in a good place mentally to get onto that one uh, but i leave it at that because i don't want to spoil anything the other one going back to marvel wonder vision because it was it slapped you know talking like the kids on tiktok that one slapped <laughs> um and then one which got released on 2020 but watching 2021 it's my podcast so i'll do what i want truth yeah. seekers you know <laughs> yeah whatever <laughs> truth truth seekers which is with uh, what's his face i got I'm gonna I'm gonna Google it live because I actually forgot um, their names. Uh, Nick Frost, Simon Pegg, together. Oh. Um, so that's on Amazon Prime. There's one se- one season. Yeah, it's one season. It's a paranormal comedy slash. It's got a couple scare jumps in it, which is quite fun. It's quite uh, funny. Funny. Uh, it got cancelled after one season. After I think it's about eight episodes. Um, don't know. Yeah, eight episodes and it got cancelled by Amazon Prime because they they spineless um <laughs> now they, they I think some someone at some point will do a season two I think it's it's waiting to be picked up by let's say Netflix or not Disney but like probably Netflix or somebody else like that maybe Apple TV will, will pick that up um it's it's funny it's scary at times it's got some crazy ideas just like Nick Frost and Simon Pegg would have yeah. you can tell they've they've written that and they i think they've directed a couple there's a bunch of very famous actors in there this uh, uh you'll, you'll find out you, you go and get it you go and watch it it's it's well worth your time i thought that was pretty funny like one of one of them that flew under the radar and nobody even heard about but it's got it's got good good reviews online from people who watched it but then i think critics were like no no it's not fun so- uh, Thir- 30 minute episodes or full hour episodes i believe they're 30s uh oh, yes yeah, I eight know. episodes, thirty. I'm in. Yeah, I think I think they're thirties. I'm not. I'm not entirely sure. They might be forty fives even. Okay. Uh, not twenty nines. Okay. Yeah, they're thirties. Oh. So it's it's it, it goes by super quick. The storyline. Don't expect anything like high. You know, like it, it it's it's quirky on purpose. It's Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. You know, you don't expect yeah. anything that's like, oh yeah, that makes sense. No, sometimes it doesn't, and it's funny. So that's just that. Right. Um, anything else from anyone? I think we should wrap it up because it's been just one quick a long one. time. Oh my God! There's always one. And it's this podcast, be... man. This podcast. Mm, true. 
some of my favorite nerd content um <laughs> i avoided your invincible breakdown and then listened to it after i'd watched it Good. amazing stuff thank you um i also listened to the interview with htgd great stuff um <laughs> It's introducing me to a bunch of stuff that I wouldn't have otherwise picked up on or gotten into. Um, and then even the episodes that I was on, it made me look at things in ways that I wouldn't have looked at. So um, thanks to you, Tom. Thanks to you, JC. Um, and yeah, just keep doing what you're doing, man. Oh, yeah. We'll be back. Look at that. That's a good way. Anyway, yeah. thanks, Dave. That was your last appearance yeah. on the podcast. So that's a good way. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good out right there. <laughs> Uh, no no i already got you fired from another podcast on that. <laughs> so, so. no but, but also uh, shout out to all the collaborators last yeah, year yeah. that came on the pod to like yeah. like put up with us and, and talk way too long about some stuff but it, it was it was a lot of fun so yeah thanks for everybody coming on yeah uh thanks to the kids also for joining in they've they've, they've been in for once and that's a great segue to what we've got going with JC, which will get the kids back on at some point. Yeah, I think maybe fine. next week or the week after, or whatever. We'll see. We'll talk offline. Yeah. Um, get them back in because you know what? You know, kids they, they they do good numbers every time you put them in there. It's easy yeah. money, you know. So we yeah. have kids in the first place. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> shocking, obviously, because <laughs> we're getting paid so much to do this. So much. <laughs> hey, the Nike, the Nike sponsorship. Nike money. <laughs> hey, you money. guys are getting paid. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, anyway, bye. <laughs> and on that note. And on that note. Um, anyway, cool. Thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode. We'll be back some point next week, maybe, uh, surely. And uh, yeah, do follow us on social media. We're everywhere. Uh, that thing called Facebook or Meta, Meta Worldpiece. If you know, you know. Um, <laughs> Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. I like dropping that one. We're on Twitch. We're on YouTube. Yes, YouTube. Go and follow us on YouTube, man. What the hell? I can't crack 50 on there. Right. Oh, God. It's really depressing. It makes me sad. Do you want to make yeah, me sad? No. 3,000 on the IG, though. Oh, 3,000 on, on Instagram, dude. Uh, 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 those bots following us. It's amazing. <laughs> um, <laughs> those Russian bots just out there getting us. Um, yeah, so do follow us. Do download our episodes, which are available on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere. Like Tesco's, like they have the old box experience, you know, like day out thing. There's one catching up with another day out experience thing. It's just a direct download link to hang out with us for the entire day. Um, it's not a thing. Is that random guy just shouting outside. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Catching up with the way. Catching up with the nerds. That's all. Um, it's like screw social. We're just doing town criers from now on. Yeah. Like we're gonna hire someone in every town to shout <laughs> catching up with the nerds. Buskers doing the theme song. Yeah. <laughs> That's next level marketing shit right there. Uh, anyway, thank you, JC, for coming on. We'll see you in the next yeah. episode. Thanks, James, from How to Game Differently. Also, do thank you for having me back. And watch his stuff on YouTube and subscribe to his Twitter yeah. and all the social media he's on. And thanks, thanks, Dave, for showing up one more time and doing basketball stuff with us as well. You know, go and subscribe, download episode, podcasts, and stuff. And on that other YouTube channel, which is Grit and Grime Basketball Podcasts, you know. And if you like Twitter, we also on Twitter. Oh, we've got um, the OnlyFans 
um, grit and grime stuff. <laughs> you don't know about Dave, but you know you will. Extra contents, <laughs> which is extra, is on there. Five dollars a month. All right, cool. <laughs> Trying to get me fired for my real job as well, are we? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, employers. Dave's employers. That's not true. <laughs> we follow all the fans. <laughs> Groupon, though. That's what you follow. Anyway, go on. Um, we'll catch you all in the next one. Thank you very much. Peace. Have a good one. Later. Bye.